Welcome to The Cross Culture with Adam and Kelly. In a world of questions, two nerds with microphones make up the answers and discuss the intersection of faith in everyday life. This week's episode, hobbies bad, good, a little bit of both, ominous stare in parentheses. In parentheses, because you're not supposed to say that. That's not how that works. But they can't see us, so I have to say it. I'm Ron Burgundy? <laughs> Come on, you know he'll read whatever's on the teleprompter. <laughs> Man, we need a teleprompter in here. That would be we, awesome. That would be super. Um, so uh, today's topic, obviously, hobbies. And uh, I think hobbies are a, um, are a really highly contentious topic. Yeah. Which is really weird, right? Like, this thing is supposed to be relaxing and fun and good for you is, like, the bane of people's existence and... and and it's a it's a whole thing, but uh, you have the actual definition of hobbies up, correct? Right. Uh, so I have the dictionary.com definition, so you know it's true. It's on the internet. It's not Wikipedia, right? No, it's not Wikipedia, so it's real. <laughs> it says a hobby is an activity done regularly in one's leisure time for pleasure. So it gives it gives a sentence as an example. Her hobbies are reading and gardening. And I, I've, I I feel like gardening is, I mean, like, look, I, I, I'm married to someone who, who thinks that gardening is a hobby, but I've watched people do it, and that does not look like fun. Yeah, I, I view gardening the same way I view running. I think, uh, you know, what's that t-shirt says, uh, if you see me running, you should run too. <laughs> that's, that's how I answer that. <laughs> yeah, like if I'm running, there are zombies chasing me. Um, otherwise, or no. The or the IRS. Or, 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 <laughs> or that guy who punted Baxter off the bridge in Anchorman chasing me because I did something I shouldn't have done. That's right. Yeah, uh, just kidding. I'm not in trouble with the IRS, y'all. Uh, sorry to our two fans that listen to this. Um, <laughs> um, so oh, there's a word that's used there that I think is actually going to help formulate kind of how we talk about hobbies. And so leisure, leisure time, yeah. right, is a, is a thing. Um, and I love, uh, I love that that word is used there because it, it helps me like actually have something, uh, I think concrete to kind of talk about. So let's, so we've kind of defined what a hobby is. Now, I want to talk about what a hobby is not. Yeah. So an example I would use is gambling. That's now, a fair example. That's not just because I'm bitter that I don't have, you know, expendable income to gamble. But, but like, uh, I'm going to go play the slots. Uh, okay, Grandma. Uh, no, but, um, but what I mean by gambling or, or essentially is, uh, you know, movies, pop culture, right? Like gambling gets... It hurts the person when it hurts people they care about, right? So I would suggest and submit that uh, hobbies are things that are not harmful to others or to yourself. I would agree. Okay. Now, how do we feel about me playing sports and my busted ankle? <laughs> yeah, I feel like you answered that already when you said not harmful. Um, yeah, they're like, you're making fun of people for running. I'm like, uh-huh. I don't run. I don't run I when I play sports, which is... <laughs> why I'm hurt so often. But yeah, so I, I think it's it's very much like your leisure time. And here's probably another another way to describe that, right? So we're both we're both uh married and have children and our and our dads, right? Yeah. So we're married and children have dads. That's a that's a fun sentence. Um 
So my leisure time and my hobbies are not going to cause my family harm. So ways that we would explain that is my leisure time or my hobbies don't take place of the relationship I have with my spouse and my kids. Yeah, agreed. Or kid, I should say. Your, your, your kid, kid, my kids. Yeah, your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, I think that's a, that's a, a way to, to kind of frame that. So moving on to the next part of the topic, uh, <laughs> why hobby bad question mark? Why hobby bad? Why hobby bad? Why grammar good? So I would submit that our culture, our spiritual culture in, in the States, right? As well as our non-spiritual culture, I think you can almost separate these uh, into two categories. So I think there is, we shame and we devalue and we uh, say that leisure time and hobbies are are evil because they're unproductive. Um, And then there's the other extreme where people exist for their leisure time and their hobbies. And I I think both of those are problematic. I'm nodding my head that I agree, but I'm thinking, man, that second one still sounds good. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing, right, is, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to where they're like, if only I can get to the weekend. Yeah. And then they get to the weekend, and the weekend is still full of stress and responsibilities, and um, I laugh really hard in the face of parents when they're just like, if only I can get to the weekend, I'm like, you do understand that at 7 a.m., your kids are up. You, you, you're not sleeping in. They're not going to school <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> like, full-time gig, my guy, full-time gig. And so it's, but there is this, um, uh, I, I see this quite a bit. People who are really anxious or stressed or overextended or burnt out, mm-hmm. they kind of start to fall into this, um, well, if, when I get to do me time, I'll be okay. And that's a that's a tricky subject because I, I don't think that that's necessarily a hundred percent wrong, but I do also think it it is kind of. I think it's problematic, right? Because if you're if you're waiting for something to happen later that's going to make you okay, then then. That's just that's just tough, man. Like I don't know. Like what happens if that doesn't happen then? Right? Um and it's a it's a form of escapism, right? Um you know, part of my 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 backstory, part of my history is growing up in in generational poverty where the grind of daily life was just it, it's so miserable that you look for little escapes. And those little escapes, I would say th- those, those end up being different than a hobby because those escapes end up being things that like gambling or like substance abuse or like addicted to Netflix and binge watching that or binge watching other things. It, it becomes a, f- a, a form of escaping from reality when I would say that a healthy hobby would leave you more connected to reality. Yeah, don't don't you be talking about my Netflix, man. Uh, I love binge watching Netflix. I mean, we signed up. I'm not up- saying Netflix is bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> we 
We signed up for Peacock just so I could rewatch The Office. I mean, uh, you know, assistant to the assistant regional manager. Uh, but uh, shout out Toy K. Schrute. Uh, <laughs> but it, right, so, so I think you've used a really good word there, right, which is escapism. And um, that's where it's no longer a hobby. Right. Right, that's a coping mechanism and or and part of the examples you used I think are also like self-destructive behavior um which also don't just in turn affect you or, or directly harm you they also harm other people um you know I remember because at some point in this conversation we'll talk about video games and my my love of video games right but I remember growing up and hearing when World of Warcraft came out right right and there was all of these articles and these news sources about how husbands had like completely abandoned their families because they couldn't disassociate from a video game and their whole life revolved around gaming um and you know uh pot kettle black uh, i i'm kind of like a i'm a very avid gamer is the way i would say that right um but it's it is interesting right how even culturally we've gone through transitions time-wise of uh, acceptable hobbies right we don't have that now no like there's no there's there, there's no public outcry of you know candy crush is gonna rot your brain and your soul well that's because that's a given in case it's already you, happened yeah the <laughs> corrupted happen but no i you know i think that you're you're right and i think it's also important to note that look we've we have what we consider socially acceptable hobbies, or mm, at least yes. what have been in the past. Like, you know, I remember growing up and my father was always tinkering with, with the car or building something with his hands, and those were all completely legitimate, fine hobbies, right? Um, but kid who liked to write stories... Well, you're living in a daydream world, and that's, that's weird, that's not... That That's not real life. That doesn't conform to the pattern, so that must be outside of acceptable limits. Or kids who played uh, Dungeons and Dragons, um, you know, you're you're casting spells. No, no, we're 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 drinking Sprite and making jokes about each other. That I have to go for it, just because. Maybe I'm just in a trolling mood, Ooh. but somebody's going to stumble upon this podcast and hear this and go. Harry Potter is not the devil, okay? Okay? Right. Mama Boucher from The Waterboy. Who's <laughs> balls the devil? <laughs> Electricity's the, the devil. devil. Like, <laughs> Vicky Malacourt's the devil. Like, it, it is, Harry Potter is not this evil, sinister, ulterior motive thing, okay? It's, and like you're saying, I, I think that's part of the other issue we have with hobbies, right? Where we have, like, culturally acceptable hobbies, so um, when, when that's damaging, right? Because let's, let's flip that for a sec. So people who play video games, right? And, and you mean like Pac-Man, right? He does not, mean, he does not mean Pac-Man. Take the headphones off. Yeah. Step away from the mic. You're done. Uh, <laughs> we like to apologize. <laughs> um, but how much more damage has been done to people who feel invalidated and not allowed? Yeah. Right? Like, like people who wanted to write. Um, so not to jump super far ahead, but part of a the theme that you'll hear us talk about today as well is that, like, 
God creates people uniquely. Um, I'm going to say this, and it's important. Uh, and I'll, I'll use Adam instead of myself, because if I say it about me, it's going to sound super arrogant. But Adam is the only Adam last name uh, uh, that has ever lived and ever will live. You are the only one that is you. So the idea that you would be the same as someone else is ridiculous, and I would, I would argue borderline arrogant. It's You are not to conform to what everybody else does. Now, we have societal norms in the sense of, you know, you, you can't be a, a Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. This just got dark. Wow, uh, like, that went dark. That's quick. not a hobby. <laughs> that escalated quickly. But, but, um, but in that sense of like, so if you wanted to write, I'm of the opinion that like the world is poorer for you not having written those things and shared those things out of a place of shame because who knows? Right, God's a creative God. The idea that like God is just this boring like pencil pusher file cabinet God is it drives me nuts. So you're saying that God doesn't work for the time variance authority in Marvel? Just asking, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm totally on board with you on on the idea that we are all created uniquely. As I look at um, Google and find you know five other Adams with my last name, but we're we are all unique and I gotta, but they all have hair. <laughs> you don't know that. I don't. There are I no don't. pictures. You don't know that. Y'all. If y'all need me, I'll be crying in the corner for the rest of the Man, episode. I am, I am in a mood today. He's uh, saucy. <laughs> saucy. But, but right. And so this idea that like, um, you know, in, in, I think that's something to be celebrated about creation, right? Is that people are different and unique and have a different take or a different perspective on things. And I think that valuing those and bringing those to the front and having conversations about them, whether maybe that's via music or writing or video games or movies or whatever it might be, or it's just like how you interact with people, like whatever it is. That's, that's a beautiful, wonderful thing that is the tapestry of life and I think how God's actually created us to be. And it shouldn't be hidden and it shouldn't be shamed and it shouldn't be like, you know, shoved it aside and pushed down, right? It should be celebrated and valued and brought to the front. Exactly. I mean, to, to piggyback off that, I, I, I think of an analogy from um, a Disney princess movie. Uh, those have been on my mind lately. But there's a Disney princess movie called Tangled. There is. She's really good with a frying pan. She is super, super, super talented with a frying pan. Lots of uses. Didn't know that. Who knew, right? Um, but there's a scene where, where the character of Rapunzel gets taken to this... The Ugly Duckling. ...tavern <laughs> called the Ugly Duckling. This establishment for well-to-do folks. <laughs> you can't handle a place like this. Okay, but anyway... So she gets there, and they discover that all these seemingly difficult people all have these different things that they're interested in. I mean, there's a guy who collects ceramic unicorns. They kiss. And they, they kiss. kiss. They kiss. What's right? But there's, there's this sense in which we don't share some of those things. I mean, there are certain hobbies that, 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 that everyone feels comfortable sharing, mm -hmm. um, you know, like gardening. Or like pottery, or <laughs> neither one of those are hobbies. 
Those are cruel, unusual <laughs> forms of torture. Wait, didn't you just say everybody should be celebrated? Not those. I'm <laughs> just kidding. We have found Kelly's line. <laughs> in case you're wondering. Right, but yeah. Please so, don't write to us hating if, you, if you're a gardener <laughs> or a pottery. I'm just jealous because I can't. Because I can't. Is that. Yeah. But, I mean, we, we, we do. We have this sense of priority. And maybe it's because, well, without gardening, many of us would starve. Um, you know, we, we, we probably as a species wouldn't have made it very far if we did not master gardening and pottery. Uh, so, you know, there, there, maybe it's hobbies that are considered useful. Like even hobbies like fishing um, and hunting um, have, there, there's a useful product that, that comes from that because you get fish, which we can eat if you eat those sorts of things. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've tried catfish, not good. It's just not. But it's fried in a taco. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's the hobbies. I think specifically people go, well, what's the benefit of video gaming? You know, besides hand-eye coordination. Critical thinking, uh, processing through information quickly, decision-making, judgment calls, sticking with your gut, instincts. Uh, I mean, do I go on? Oh, oh, please do, because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through my experience with, you know, Atari, and I'm like, it, it didn't really move that fast. Pitfall. So. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Oh, man, I fell in the pit. The gator ate me. Um, so, so some of you who, who are listening, uh, or, or those of you who are still listening, uh, you can tell that I have this bend in me towards video games, right? And... Uh, uh, so I grew up playing first-person shooters uh, and RPGs. Uh, and it's interesting, too, because I was talking about that thing with World of Warcraft. and RPG means role-playing game. Oh, is that what it means? I don't know. I'm assuming. I'm not a gamer. <laughs> Nerd. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but so uh, with the whole World of Warcraft and escapism thing, right? Like That, that has been a, a, a tension point for me. In my life, but I'll tell you right now before I talk about FPSs, um, which means first-person shooter. I didn't know what uh, FPS meant. <laughs> but the shame culture actually drove me to escape more. Yeah. So, like, not being accepted and then being accepted by those groups of people, like, just drove me to do that stuff more because I'm like, well, I want to be myself and do the things I like. So, you know, why... Uh, and before y'all start like yelling, I've had a job since I was 14. Okay. I've paid, <laughs> wait, you're not allowed to work at 14. Yeah. Figure it out. Um, <laughs> and I've been paying taxes, not at 14, but, not but, at 14, okay. but anyway, um, so first person shooters, right? So I grew up playing games that required, uh, tons of eye hand coordination. Uh, and the, and the types of games that I played were very high pressure situations all the time. And so at the level I played with and the friends that I played with too as well, like you'd be in games and to win said games, you had to make really important decisions very quickly and you had to make a lot of them for an extended amount of time. So think of like um, a high pressure, high emotional situation in, in a professional business setting where you can't say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing or it's going to go very badly in that environment. That's like, this doesn't sound like a hobby, but like... In these games and in these tournaments I would play in, like, that's what was on the line. 
And so it was a high pressure situation. And so essentially what I'm, what I'm saying is even though I did those things for fun and I enjoyed those, right. And I still do. They greatly benefited, um, me as a person and my ability even now, uh, Spoiler alert, Adam and I work together, and Adam's even seen this, of my ability to deal with high stress, high emotional, highly emotionally stressful situations, and how I'm able to like navigate those well, I would argue comes a great deal from the experience of playing competitive first-person shooters, and my ability to do those things and training myself at a young age, okay, how do I make the right decision here? And let's be real, uh, there was a thousand different factors in those games at any given moment. So uh, if y'all haven't figured it out yet, uh, I'm not a Call of Duty guy because yuck. Um, but in Halo, right, when you would play against other people, you would spawn in a map that was essentially just a giant circle. Mm-hmm. And if you moved a certain space, then you might mess up where the enemy team would come back you had to control objectives on the map. You had to control certain spots on the map. You had to control weapons on the map. You had to control uh, power-ups on the map. And so you're doing all of this stuff and paying attention to all of these things while also communicating with other people in the game to try to win. And not every game type was the same. There was like eight different game modes. And so like it was all of this information all the time as a young person and like having to go, okay, so when we go back and we look at this, what could we have done better? What did I need to do? What should I have not done? Um, And it, Adam, I'm telling you, for reals, like that has really helped me as as an adult um, handle situations that I otherwise would have had not as much experience or, um, you know, uh, exposure to, also, by the way, when you're playing with other people, there's also other personalities involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it's, it was, for me, that was a hobby that not only I enjoyed, it had really uh, positive uh, real-life fruit. So what I'm hearing is the next time someone tells you that video games are worthless, you're just going to... Here's a, here's a question. Here's a question that you game. can ask somebody. Go for it. So pilots... For the U.S. Air Force, do we put them in a plane? No, we put them in a simulator. What's a simulator? No, that can't be a video a game. Fancy Kelly. word for a video <laughs> game. Um, drones. Now that's a more of a kind of controversial topic on, right? People have different opinions and takes on that. But like even those pilots, they're dealing with a joystick. Yeah, and they're communicating. Um, I I argue with people uh, all the time, especially parents of of you know, high school age kids and, and kids in general of, you know, when I was a kid, right, I did all the things. So I was a, I was a varsity athlete in school in three different sports. And I played Magic the Gathering, which was a card game, which also, by the way, is very cerebral and tough, right? Um, and, uh, and I juggled both and video gaming. So I did all the things. So I have this exposure. I have this weird take where I've been in both camps. I've been in nerd mm-hmm. culture since I was a kid, but I also was a jock, right? And what's interesting for me is I see so much of that camaraderie and that that familial context of sports is now in video games and how people interact with each other, especially at a young age. 
So think of it like uh, if you've ever seen the movie Dodgeball. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Do you ball. remember the instructional video in the, in the movie where he's like, you pick the bigger, stronger kids for your team so you can pick on the kids like Winston here, and then they like <laughs> just rope Winston in the face? Yeah. And so growing up where some kids were not athletically inclined, they were shamed for it. Yeah. Because you couldn't handle yourself and you were viewed as a weaker, like whatever. And now there is a place for kids and for people who don't want to compete in athletics in a virtual space while making friends and bonding. Uh, and dare I say, how awesome and incredible is it that, thank you God, we have the internet. Because I don't know how I would have kept any of my sanity, what little I have left, in the year and a half of COVID that mm. we've had to deal with if I couldn't connect with people in virtual spaces. Yeah, true. But it's, it's I argue with parents all the time. I'm like, listen, that's how they bond. The, the younger generation's like cultural speak, if you will, is around those leisure times and those hobbies. Um, and, it, and it's a actually can be a beneficial thing for sure oh absolutely and i think that you know it, it does it does bring us if at its best it brings us together um you know you you said it's our cultural speak it's kind of a common bond for us i mean there's a reason why you and i make so many pop culture references during our podcast because that's a how we connect with each other but that's how we see others connecting also I think this dovetails nicely with one of our questions for today is then does God approve of hobbies or slash fun? So this is a tough one, mm. right? Because I think, can you, can you do me a favor? And just for our listeners, for the sake of framing the conversation, can you define theology? Because I'm going to say something like a theological take, Ooh, okay. which is just a fancy word for... Okay, we're we're checking the Googles. Okay, I will I I will give you first my my personal definition for yeah. it. Hey, look at that. The dictionary agrees with me. Okay, it, it should be the second one with the bullet point. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so yours is uh, religious beliefs and theory where when systematically developed. Yes. Yeah, I would say that any study or conversation about the nature of God and religious belief, and I would even say any, any, anything that um, talks about um, God in the world ends up being theology. Good. I like it. All right. Um, so when I talk about the theology of hobbies, right, I think we have a cultural schism in spiritual places. Okay. So we view hobbies as unproductive. Now, I can't speak for everybody, so when I say we, take that with a grain of salt. I should probably reframe that as my personal experience with hobbies in spiritual circles and spiritual places is that they are viewed as unproductive, which then in turn turns into they're anti-God and they're anti-the advancement of said religious belief. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I mean, okay. you know, as we to bring back from earlier, when we said, hey, the hobbies that are considered worthwhile or valuable right are hobbies like gardening pottery fishing hunting please do not hear me denigrating those hobbies if you love those <laughs> things um good on you keep doing it 
Um, running, because that has a physical fitness component. Reading, because, well, in, depending upon what you are reading, you might, in fact, increase your, your aptitude for knowledge. Um, so those tend to be hobbies that we elevate or we lift up or we think have value, whereas we, we judge them based on how they can be, quote, productive, how they can be useful for our everyday lives. Yeah, and I would also argue that uh, another term that we throw around in our circles, right, is something we call family systems. Mm -hmm. And so family systems essentially is your cultural upbringing, your familial upbringing has consequences, and consequences are good and bad, right? But they have direct consequences to your perspective on how the world works and how you view your interpersonal relationships with people and with things, right? They're shaping. They're shaping, absolutely. And so I would suggest as well that in the nature of hobbies on what hobbies are permissible or not are probably also directly tied to your upbringing. For, for a many person's, people, yeah. Or a person's upbringing, Yeah, no, for I sure. think they would definitely influence. It's why, like, when I play video games and I get shamed by... Oh, man, I can't say that. That's not nice. Uh, but I get shamed by the person who spends their weekends... Saturdays, all day watching college football, and then Sunday, all day watching football, and then is on like four different fantasy football teams, and they're mad because I took two hours a night to play a video game. And I'm like, that's obvious that you just devalue what I'm doing. You think what I'm doing is completely a a waste of time. Because by the way, to pay for a college football TV package... And to pay for NFL Sunday ticket or to watch NFL football games costs way more than what I spend average on video games. True. So like even from like a, a cost, because I've done all this homework, man, because <laughs> I'm, I'm a bitter person and I defend my video games and my hobbies. Um, can you tell? <laughs> but like it, it is, it's just fascinating, right? Because we just devalue them if they're, if they're um... so, so back to God. Does God approve of hobbies? Fun question mark. Uh, what do you think? Well, look, my answer is obviously. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Severus Snape when, <laughs> when in, in Harry, Potter's, uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix when Dolores Umbridge is asking him about did he get his dream job? And he's like, no. She's like, so you were unsuccessful, and he says, obviously. <laughs> but does God, I believe our aptitude for awe and joy and pleasure naturally indicates that we are created for more than productivity. The fact that I can look out at natural wonders, this, this, this past summer, um, my family went on vacation, and we did a, a national parks tour. And we went to a Zion National Park, we went to Bryce National Park, and we went to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. And the very idea that as I'm standing at the Grand Canyon, which going into, I mockingly told my family, yeah, great, we're going to go see a big hole in the ground. whoopity do. And then we got there, and I'm staring at the way the light plays off of the different strata of rock. And 
it's not merely an analytical endeavor for me to to watch those hues, shades change with the setting of the sun or the rising of the sun. There is something inside me that wells up with awe and wonder and this sense of the bigness of the earth and of the cosmos and of my smallness therein and of this connection to a past that I wasn't part of. Yeah. Um, that very aptitude tells me that we're made for something more than being automatons. And so I have a Bible verse yeah. that I that I think of when I when I think about, you know, well, does God in, invite or or want us to to have fun? Um, so this is one of the Psalms. And of course it would be Psalms. Yeah, of course it's Psalms. <laughs> psalms are all about the human experience, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. The, from the highs to the lows to the, oh, Lord, you can't put that in the Bible, to the, <laughs> oh, Lord, that's in the Bible? That Songs of Solomon. That can't that, be in the Bible. Same thing. Um, no, not the same. Not at all. So anyway, um, Psalm 104, verse 26 says, There go the ships and Leviathan that you formed to frolic there. <laughs> so when you say Leviathan, <laughs> yeah. So okay. So for the for the for the ancient Hebrews, number one, um, waters and the ocean were associated with chaos. Yeah, and and the Lord God was the one who orders the chaos. Uh huh. And Leviathan was 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 conceived as this sea creature of untamable attributes that was 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 aligned with this world of chaos and danger and threat uh-huh. um, and so the concept of the Lord put Leviathan there to frolic <laughs> An- another translation says to play therein or to sport in it it's like God, why did you make this sea monster? Because I wanted something that would play. <laughs> it eats people. It's just like Soylent Green. No, it's not the same. <laughs> Aw, they take their people. Oh, they do. <laughs> but there's this idea that the Almighty creates things simply to delight in their being themselves. Yeah. And I think that rubs at the heart for, for, for Kelly and for me of this idea, does God, is God, in, is God pro, pro video games or is God pro fun? We are created in the image of a creator who delights in us and in whom we are meant to delight. Yeah, well, so, so the thing about like video games or books or podcast. I'll use this as an example. Okay, so so I've known Adam for years now, and we're good friends uh, in real life and in virtual life, uh, except when true story we're playing Pathfinder and you're trying to kill me. But like, <laughs> uh, don't feel like my killing you should have any impact <laughs> on our friendship. I love you. Die. Uh, <laughs> it's like the Emperor Palpatine, right? You will die. That's such a bad scene, man. It was terrible. Like. How I felt internally watching that is how his face looked at the end of that. That's, that's how that went. Um, but, right, so it's uh, uh, 
I did a ton of research on podcasting equipment so that we could invest in the hobby. Yeah. Right? This is a hobby. This is us going, hey, we want to like, you had this conviction about this and you wanted to do something. And I was like, hey, I know how to do that. Right. So let, let's get done. So we are taking our own life experience and creating something to then share with others. It's no different than writing a book. I mean, obviously they're different things, but we're painting a picture. But even like with things like video games and digital space, your paintbrush is computer language. It's ones and zeros and you make engines and you make assets and you make things. And so it's, we have a God who is like, you know what? I want to make stuff. I'm going to go ahead and make things. And I would argue in the very beginning when people were created, part of being created in the image of our creator is that we have this innate desire to create and to do, right? Yeah. So real quick, bear with me because I've, I've got a thought here I want to get out. So when we talk about does God approve of hobbies fun, question mark. Um, so all the way in the beginning, right? Adam and Eve are in the garden and everything's good. Then uh, bad things happen and they have to leave, right? In the garden, Adam and Eve were created to work. Now, quote unquote, fast forward, we're in a fallen world and a fallen state, blah, 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 all these things, right? Um, and interestingly enough, right, uh, the word switches from work to toil. Mm -hmm. And I would argue work is a positive good thing. Toil is an anxiety scared thing. Yes. And so we view hobbies in our fallen state because if you're not toiling hard enough, then you're going to suffer and struggle. And so, for example, I love what I do for my job, but actually I, I'm one of those really fortunate people that's like, I, I feel like I was created to do what I'm doing, <laughs> which is I'm not the norm, right? Um, but if I don't work, then I can't provide for my kid. And so there's an anxiety and a stress there that's like, hey, and so we hold, I, for the whole scale of, and scope of this conversation, I think it's important theologically or from the spiritual perspective where you're holding that intention of the consequence of not working or the consequence of not toiling. Because if I spend too much time in this leisure time, do I get that promotion? Do I get to move up that chain? Do I, do I get the right certification? Do I make enough money to take care of my family? And super hot political take, uh, we don't, I hold firmly to the belief in our country that like, I don't think people make enough money where there's even a, a bit more of a kind of crunching on that toil aspect of there's more stress financially on things like the cost of things and, and medicine and other stuff. So there's this whole picture of priorities and what culture and our, and our, but I would argue as well, it's also that state in us that's like, well, am I, am I honoring God? Is this something God's okay with? And this is the other thing too, to finalize the point. Hobbies are something you do. Joy is something you are. So if we're, that's profound. If we're created in the image of our creator and God is this way, now I'm not God, <laughs> but if I'm created for to experience the full range of emotions, which is things like 
sadness and anger and sorrow um, and, and there's anxiety, right? And there's good anxiety too. And, but also laughter and happiness and joy and love and compassion, like these other things, if that's the full scale, right? Then this idea that we're just supposed to suffer and struggle and that there isn't to be any outward expression of things we're interested in, I think is actually devaluing what God actually created us to be and to do. No, I think that is absolutely spot on. I think that's really a profound thought um, that us being who we are comes out of who we are made to be. That, um, so in, in his book, Mere Christianity, one of my favorite theologians, C.S. Lewis, yeah. um, talks about how the, 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 the arc of the Christian life is to become what he calls, quote, little Christs. People who on our, on our little miniature scale, the, the, the quality of our life reflects the quality of God's life in us. Yes. And, and he says, as we do this, we discover this, this almost paradoxical truth. We would think that as we become more like Jesus, we would be less like ourselves. But in reality, as we become more like Jesus, we become more like ourselves. We become more unique and creative and distinct. And I think for, for, for so many, the idea that is that religion will, will pummel out or push out or crush down all the uniquenesses and individuality and preferences and joy and happinesses in my life until I'm just this plain vanilla that looks like and acts like and thinks like everybody else around me when the reality is it brightens the colors of our lives. Mm, it yes. enhances the kaleidoscope of our uniquenesses and our creativity and our diversity. It makes us more a, uh, a, it makes us more a, a mixed salad than a melting pot. <laughs> yes. I, on that point, too. Um, so what I want to make sure people are not hearing, right, is um, that my hobbies run my life. Oh, no, that's totally what I'm taking away from this. Yeah. So... Uh, I'm not talking in the sense of I exist for my hobbies. That's, I, I, would we be fair? Like, I, I don't want to get like too wordy today because we already dropped a couple, but like hedonism, right? Like it's not, it's not like I exist for pleasure, right? And to indulge in things, right? Like that's not my, my core reason for existing. Um, and here's the distinction I think where I think we can draw the line on appropriate hobbies, right? Right. We spent this whole time telling everybody that, you can have hobbies because they're an extension of how God made you. Now, let me tell you which ones are okay. Um, I feel like is, that's right. This <laughs> is where, so in Christian circles or in spiritual speak, right, we call it idolatry. And so what idolatry is essentially is this idea of something that we love more than God or something that takes authority or ownership in our lives that's more important than God. Now, I want to take that a step further because I really don't like that explanation, but I hear it a lot. What I would rather say is what idolatry is something that takes place in importance of the relationship I have with God. Mm. 
Because yeah. I think people like have this weird schism of, well, is it more important than God? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to hold my breath and be like, if I breathe, I love breathing more than I love Jesus. And then you die. Uh, just kidding. You would just pass no, out. No, you would pass out. You would pass you wouldn't out. die. And then I would still hold my mouth and like, but, or like, if I don't pick the right toothpaste, then like it's, but it's this thing of, I think it can, I think it, the wheels on that cart can come off really fast. Mm. So for the sake of this, I, I want to keep it, I want to frame that. So hobbies, I think at their best, are, 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 a, are a renewal of our spirit and an affirmation of who we are created in God, right? So my hobbies are an extension of who I am in Jesus, not something that defines me externally. So we joke and we use words like nerd, right? Uh, who rules the world? Not girls. Nerds rule the world. Uh, <laughs> that is not the way the song goes. But in that, what I'm saying is, my I told you this a couple couple weeks back. So uh, sometimes I have to do group presentations. That's what we'll call them. And uh, in doing these group presentations, they're spiritual in nature. And I play a video game called Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild. And... It has this incredible environment that you can interact with. The music is incredible. It's very ambiance type of stuff, right? And, um, and for me, it centers me because it's a microcosm of how God creates stuff. And so it lets my mind like just kind of drift and experience and go, okay, God, like let's talk and let's connect. And it's a hobby that is something else that it just already kind of edifies a part of me. Like I'm an adventure seeker. I love to experience that type of stuff. Like it's just, I enjoy it at the core of who I am. Now, one of the ways I do that is with video games, but I also love reading books and I also love listening to music and I also love movies and human expression of God's creation is also something that I just love. Um, and again, that's not external in that's, internal out and so i think when we're talking if you as you leave this podcast and this journey we've been on today when we're talking about hobbies and like where they need to rank in your life is the check that i have to have in me at least is does it take does it supersede my relationship with god is it more important to me and by the way for everybody out there like that is up for you and your own kind of discernment but i would argue it's not a place for shame and for guilt and for manipulation and, and uh, people to treat you badly. That's not. No, and if, if, you, if you personally go, oh, wow, that's out of balance, then it's a redirect, not a self-flagellation. <laughs> why, why am I thinking of the Da Vinci Code? With Paul Bettany's character, right? right? That's like, exactly that's where That's not went. the goal. That's not no. the goal. Um, so it's. It's an enhancement and an edification. That's what hobbies are for. Uh, and spoiler alert, in the beginning, Adam and Eve had this cool routine with God where they would like chill with God twice a day is kind of my own interpretation. And so I would argue that rest and relaxation and hobbies are a holy part of your life. They're something God encourages and pushes us towards because I don't know about you, but man... Uh, with a five-year-old, I, if I didn't have a hobby, I would die. <laughs> Absolutely. 
um, you know, with, with an eight-year-old and a, and a six-year-old. Look, there, there are days, you know, one of my hobbies is, is I have, I, I'm a Hoosier. Hoosiers play basketball, stereotype alert. <laughs> He's a shooter, not a dunker. Yeah, I'm a shooter. I'm not, no. <laughs> like a true Hoosier. <laughs> like all Hoosiers, we're all shooters, born that way. Um, so, you know, there are times that I go out in the driveway and I'm just, I'm just shooting hoops and that, that thump, 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 swish. It's not a swish, by the way. It's not a swish. It's more of a, it's more of a frap kind of sound. Yeah. It's not a swish. Yeah. Um, but just getting that rhythm is, is so important. Um, but as a, as a dad, you know, there, there are times that, you know, my girls come out and they're like, daddy, can we play? Can we play? And I'm like, no, go away. <laughs> daddy loves you, but not, not, not at the moment. <laughs> that is not true. I invite them to play and, and then I crush them and they go away <laughs> uh, so that I can get back to my, my, my time. But no, I, I think, will make you hate this. So you leave. <laughs> so you leave me. So somewhere out there, my eight year old is now crying. And my six-year-old is saying, I will get vengeance because that's the way my two girls roll. Um, but I think that there, there, there is a sense in which, you know, hobbies give, at their best, they give life. Yeah, they're, they're, it's, it's, you've said this to me before, too. They're, they're meant to be signposts. And he didn't say this about hobbies, but, but in the sense of they're meant to be signposts and reminders of what we have. Right. Like Jesus says, I came to set them free and give them life abundantly. Um, there's a freedom in experiencing things and enjoying things and enjoying what God has made. Um, and, you know, we defined earlier of like, there's a safety net there, which is essentially like if your hobby is doing harm to yourself or to others, that's, that's a good check. <laughs> yeah. Please, please don't. Um, that's, Redirect. Right, it's a redirect, and um, but it, uh, but it's also not like you don't exist for your hobby, so your life is just hedonistic and full of pleasure, and that's your sole purpose for existing. Hobbies are meant to edify us and encourage us as we also navigate all the other things that we're called to do. Right. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Kelly. Final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Um, man. Uh, it's funny when we talked about this, you were like, you're going to talk today. I was like, sure, I can do that. <laughs> uh, I, I hope that, uh, this conversation today, if you're listening to this, uh, that you have been granted permission to also enjoy life. Um, permission is a word that Adam and I have been discussing a lot in the last like five months. Yeah. Um, and that's a word for me, at least this year, amidst all the other chaos that's going on, and like that I need permission to do things, and God's like, I already gave it. You can have a hobby. That's, that's allowed. You have permission to have a hobby. Uh, so I hope you hear that you're edified and valued as you are, and God is giving you permission to have hobbies. Yeah, I don't know that I can improve upon that. <laughs> Should have gone. Should have gone first. <laughs> should have. No, I would. I would say you know. Yeah, to realize that you are, you are made for more than productivity. You are made for joy. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. All right. Uh, 
This is Kelly. This is Adam. And the Cross Culture. And you stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> See you all in the next one.